Yeah. When are we good to go? Are we recording? Uh, hello. Uh, welcome to episode 000038. Coming to you live from the Toyota Senna. Uh, Rob and Annie's lovely minivan. We are currently, mostly Rob's, we are currently driving up to Killington, Vermont for our annual uh, ski weekend. Uh, we've got Rob O'Brien in the driver's seat. Charlie O'Brien is sitting shotgun. Andrew to my left, and this is John coming at you. Um, welcome back. Uh, we've had a little bit of a break, a couple months, but the season is six days away, I believe, uh, in a few hours. Um, we'll be kicking it off in Australia, so we thought it'd be a good time to do a little preview pod, and we're all together, which is rare. So This is one of the most anticipated pods of the, of the season, isn't it? I mean, everybody's giddy with excitement for the new season, so I'm I'm psyched to be doing this. A quick note from the editor. Please ask for the microphone because I didn't catch anything you said at the start. Okay, let's turn the page here. Um, <laughs> it's going in a bad place. All right, yeah, so we're officially turned the page on the 2018 season. We're looking into the 2019 season. There's the classic run-up to the season where there's a lot of marketing materials and not much substance. We just completed uh, the testing in Barcelona, which has been fun, but I want to kick it off by tar- talking about some of the uh, the releases we had over the, the last couple months, the liveries and any news. So let's start with liveries. Anybody have any hot takes on, on liveries they want to start with? Yeah, um, BBC did a poll. Granted, it's a English-based publication but mclaren won their poll for best livery uh they stuck with the papaya orange but they spiced up the back with a little bit more of their blue i like it i think it's great um i would say racing point the pink the pink one looks even worse this year and although i initially liked williams i think williams has the worst livery now it looks um juvenile so um, I I don't really like McLarens. I don't. I feel like too many too many cars are trying to go with this new age look, and they're not quite hitting the mark. Uh, the one team I am gonna tra- uh, trash a little bit though is Haas. Yet another missed opportunity for them. They could have gone red, white, and blue. Instead, they're going black and gold. They look like an old Lotus. It's ridiculous. I don't know what they're thinking. That's all about their new sponsor, which is like Rich Energy Drink, which is a, has black and gold as their color. So their hands were tied there. <clears throat> um, good takes. I um, <laughs> I think Haas is an improvement over what it was, though. Do you, do you guys disagree with that? I, I do disagree. I think Haas looks uh, absolutely horrible. <clears throat> and I, I like McLaren. Uh, I'll, I'll give them a nod. Not the best, clearly, but I do like them. Uh, Williams is pathetic. Haas is pathetic, I would say. Red Bull is always crisp, nice, flat color scheme, very nice, very cool, very legal. Ferrari didn't change anything. It's typical. Mercedes looks the same, nothing exciting there. McLaren, Red Bull, great liveries. Okay, so just a couple of things. I, I, I do agree with you, Red Bull always is really fresh. They do a good job. I think it's that matte paint that really does it. Flat paint. Yeah. Flat paint. Um, I'm gonna. I don't want to 
really get into it too much more, but I do think Haas is an improvement over to us. Not great. Oh my not great. But the other one just looked terrible. This one looks terrible. Nah, okay. Moving on. And um, Ferrari, I think they did make a change. Didn't they go with more of a flat paint? And I believe it's for um, speed purposes. Lowered the weight by a little bit. Okay. Yeah, so Ferrari went from a red with white trim to red with black trim. Um, I thought the red and white was more classic, and Ferrari is such a classic team, so don't love that change. But their new car does look good, and they've got that Mission Winnow, which is like tobacco advertising in um, disguise as a big thing. I think their car looks good this year. I do. I did hear that Ferrari went to the matte paint, and they did so because it's slightly lighter uh, weight-wise. Have you been listening to anybody else talking? <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm saying I also heard that. I did. Oh, uh, you're confirming. Yeah, uh, you, it, you presented that as an original idea, yes, by the did. way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so here's my biggest gripe with deliveries. I think there's a missed opportunity for 95% of the teams out there. So Ferrari, I get it. Your color is red. Everybody knows you as the red car. You have to stick with the red car. But what I hate are these other teams that have no real brand loyalty feeling the need like they have to stick with one look i think it's very exciting when the teams come out with their sneak peeks uh alfa romeo has the the hearts and the red because they released their card on valentine's day red bull had the usual camouflage mercedes was tweeting out this picture of this green uh geometric pattern so i think they should continue to spice it up have different liveries and i'm going so far as to say Let's have different liveries for different races. Play up to the play up with the fans. If it's someone's home race, deck their whole car out in the flag. Um, I think they should let loose a little bit and not be so restrictive. I don't know. Anybody have any? Yeah, I think that I actually really like that idea. Kind of like sometimes the NFL does something similar where you you mix up, or the NBA does those um, those other uniforms, the alternate jerseys. I think F1 should do it. Uh, the drivers do it to some degree. Sometimes you'll see little maxi wearing um the leader hose and i think that's cool so maybe something similar with the cars yeah i think that there there can there is room for some variation but you still want to have a brand identity and so you know if you're a ferrari you've got to have a red scheme overall you could tweak it i think that's a cool idea but you got to stick with the scheme for branding purposes yeah no no surprise that the oldest guy in the room is kind of more traditional and the younger guys want something fresh yeah, old school versus new school. Um, any any last thoughts on liveries before I, I switch gears here a little bit? Um, I one. I would like to see them just plaster the drivers' names all over these liveries. I, I, I can never tell who's driving, so I, I would like to see names in multiple spots. Well, that's what, I, what about just flags on the fins, maybe? Just something that we could tell the difference. I agree with you. Yeah, with the Halo, you can barely see the helmets now, which used to be an identifying characteristic. So I think what what McLaren did at the end of last season is they put a huge tri-stripe down Alonzo's fin, or the fin on Alonzo's car. They should do something cool like that, like you guys are saying, not an original idea. Uh, I agree. So... <laughs> If I, <laughs> okay. If F1 wants to contact us about any of these topics, we're happy to discuss in, in more detail. All, all good ideas. Um, so, 
other preseason topics, winter testing. Um, I know, Rob, you're a big rundown guy. Do you want to give us the 10,000-foot uh, rundown of what happened? Yep, I do. Uh, so I would say Ferrari, Ferrari had an ex- a very encouraging testing both weeks. Um, Vettel also had the best time at the end of the testing period. Um, Mercedes had kind of troubling testing. There were they generally weren't that fast, although Hamilton eventually did set a time that was in three one thousandths of Vettel's time. So they have the capability to be up there, but I think uh, Mercedes is a little worried about their car's handling. Uh, and then there were some, you know, you never know with testing of who's sandbagging, who's doing glory runs, but uh, Toro Rosso, Alpha, McLaren all had days where they were the fastest. So. There was, a, there was a lot of mix. Williams had a disastrous testing. They didn't even get out on the track until the second or third day. Uh, Kubica said he described it as after testing, they're about 20% of where they should have been through. So um, I thought it was Kubica. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you taught us that. <laughs> yeah, you're the one that told us that. Just, just uh, testing you guys. So. Yeah, good job. All right, good, good. Yeah, I mean, Williams is... It's really sad to watch them out there. They're depressing. Um, One of the highlights of preseason testing for me was the encouraging reliability of the Honda engine. Um, Maybe I'm talking myself into this, but I was looking at some of the Honda results from last year, some of the gains they made from the new engines they released in Japan last year. I'm pretty excited for them uh, and Red Bull. I Obviously, I, well, not obviously. I don't think they're cracking Mercedes Ferrari. I think they're still a half second ahead on most things. But I think Red Bull is. Um, I don't know. Maybe I just convinced myself that it's still just the same third place overall. But <laughs> I, I like that train of thought there. That was good. I'm a little concerned that Charlie's turning into the, to the 2018 version of Rob in a way, <laughs> just trying to talk his way and thinking that his team is better than it is. And it's almost as sad to watch that as it is to watch the Williams car struggle to get around the track. Um, I was I was pretty happy with um, with my boy Vettel. I didn't did how did uh, Leclerc do? Did anyone recall? No. Good. He did well. He did well. I think he has uh, you know top five time routinely. Okay, thank you. Um, and. Yeah, I thought I, I I kind of agree with you guys. I, most people are sandbagging. You know, Mercedes is is holding back in some degree, so can't take. I'm not I'm not gonna get my hopes up too high and think the Ferrari is just gonna run away with it this year. But I do think they looked quite strong, and I think it's gonna be the same, you know, kind of the same lineup that we've seen. Uh, if I remember correctly, didn't we kind of have the same exact storylines coming out of last year's winter testing? <laughs> Ferrari looked very good. Mercedes is. Uh, either see, holding something back or do, have lost a step in the overall grand scheme of things. So we still have to wait until those first couple races. I think you can't overreact to the first one too much. So don't read too much into this is my point. And while we're talking about engine development, Renault also is very happy really? about their... <laughs> well, no, Charlie was talking about Honda, Honda engine, engine development and increased reliability. And I'm saying Renault is also saying they're very happy with their engine development. Unfortunately, this year, we don't really have any way to compare Honda to Renault like we did last year. You could look at you know, Renault versus Red Bull. 
or uh, and and, Mer and Mercedes um, and get a sense because now we're just not going to have any way to compare Honda and Renault the, the engine straight up so uh, why not I'm really lost on that point well Red Bull in 2018 uh, Red Bull and Renault were both running Renault engines so um, you could yeah so, <laughs> <laughs> so it's proof in the pudding <laughs> I can't wait to re listen to that right, one. Next topic. Okay. <laughs> What's the next topic? <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> to be fair, Rob is driving, so give the guy a mulligan there. <laughs> oh, new Netflix show. Okay. So, yeah. Big, big time, big time sponsor for us here Netflix. Check it out. Um, even though they did just up their rates, definitely worth uh, worth the subscription. And they have a new show on Netflix. You can watch all, uh, I believe, ten episodes currently. It's called uh, D Desire to Drive. What is it? Drive to Survive. Drive to Survive. Um, <laughs> following the 2018 F1 season, uh, highlights are Danny Rick and his mother, heartwarming. Uh, I started the first episode. I think Charlie's a few episodes in. Uh, he can give you a little better review, but it looks really good. Uh, encourage everyone to watch. Yeah, it's a terrific show so far. The first episode is really about Ricardo, uh, his story growing up, and where he's taking it this season. Second episode is all about the two Spaniards, how science has looked up to Alonso and where Alonso's going, going with his uh, future career. And then episode three... Uh, well, episode two ends with the the Red Bull crash in Baku, and then three is all about the rivalry kind of between Verstappen and Ricardo, and where uh, how they redeem themselves and where it's going in the future. So they talk about all the storylines. Even though I watched the vast majority of the races last year, rewatching it is really cool. Great interviews. Uh, Gunther Steiner is a star, by the way. He's we, <laughs> we've always loved Gunther. We've always loved Gunther, haven't we? His, his accent is top notch he he calls up Gene Haas <laughs> and just talks in his Italian accent it's terrific um, but yeah definitely get a watch in um, I got a surprise text message today because I, I seem to have lost a lot of contacts from my phone so got a text message from someone no idea who it was just said have you seen the Formula One documentary on Netflix so I'll read the number out and maybe you guys can tell me who it is I just said don't know who it is. I just said, haven't watched the whole thing yet, but I was really pumped after seeing the trailer. Have you? And the person said, just the trailer, but might crack into it over the weekend. So I'm interested to see who this was. Oh, we don't know yet? I have no idea. First guess? I have a guess. Sean Cosgrove. I think it might be. <laughs> I think you should do something like, let's suss this out. Like, let's call him. Maybe we could watch it together and then see what the person says. Can you text him and then maybe by the end of the show we see? Just, uh, yeah, just send out a, a you know, fun text. Maybe a new phone, who dis? Did you look up area code? <laughs> I did. Okay. What area code are we talking about? Philadelphia. Oh. <laughs> Alright, so we've narrowed it down significantly. <clears throat> um, Alright, everyone check out the show. It's a good show. Next topic? Uh, let's go with life updates. Alright, let's do some life updates. Everyone's favorite topic. It is weird that um, everyone's favorite topic is non-F1 related, typically. <laughs> <laughs> So, life updates. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll start since I have the microphone. 
Um, since the last pod, it's been the winter, so staying inside for the most part. I uh, got a few ski trips in here and there. Um, let's see, last weekend I was visiting uh, the family down in New Jersey. Liz and I drove down with uh, young Copley, who is a dog. Um, he does not like the cars, and he, he wears a seatbelt, actually. So back when I was growing up, dogs didn't have seatbelts. But uh, it's 2019, and now dogs wear seatbelts. Uh, and he was very upset the whole way, so Liz had to sit with him. I was basically a chauffeur uh, the entire car ride. A few times, Liz asked me to turn the heat down. So it was uh, fun times. Uh, and then I saw... My parents, uh, my eldest sister, Elizabeth, uh, who, yeah, shout out to Elizabeth, I believe she listens or she claims she does, um, we'll, we'll test you on that one, and um, I saw my grandmother as well, she is not a listener, I thought about pitching podcasts to her, but um, I don't think that would go over so well, so we um, had a great time, uh, now back, heading up to Killington, looking forward to it, have a few other big trips coming up, going up to... Uh, Quebec to go skiing with uh, the brothers O'Brien in a couple weeks as well. So yeah, good stuff all around. Uh, who wants to go next? Charlie. Yeah. So when did we record our last episode? Do we? Was this pre or post Mexico? Do you remember? Anyway. Yeah. So we had the we went to Pat and Danielle's wedding in Mexico. Congrats to the newlyweds. That was a, a blast. Only a few people came back with sicknesses and and Zika. Um, what else have I been up to? A couple business trips out there. We had a lovely Sunday river ski weekend uh, over Prezi's President's Day weekend. Shout out John for organizing. Um, Becky and I have wrapped up dog training classes with Ladybird. Uh, so she knows how to sit and lie down and stay very well. Although she's still crazy with other dogs and cars. So that's our next big hurdle. Um, Went to the Bruins game the other night. Pretty exciting stuff. We're not a hockey podcast, but a Formula One co- podcast, so we'll leave it there. Um, yeah, and then some ski weekends coming up. Killington, Sunday River, Cheek Chalks. Should be good. That was that was good, Charlie. Thank you for that. Um, I had a couple nightmare travel experiences, I think, since the last time. All, involve, all involving Carolyn's mother, oddly <laughs> enough. Uh, we went down to DC and there was a there's some ice in Boston so we got stuck there for two days and then most recently we were down a little little long weekend down in Naples um, lovely town very uh, you know it leans towards the older older crowd but still very nice with uh, Carolyn's aunt and uncle uh, did some a lot of tennis actually so I think I'm really getting into the tennis game love to challenge Rob someday here he's a two rating not sure what that means and That's not very good. Not good? I think no. I'm a 2.25. Okay. <laughs> Rob says that's the worst you can be. Um, and then there's a huge snowstorm in Boston, so we got delayed out of out of Naples, didn't get home. Basically a red eye, but no time zone change, so that was, that was fun. Um, uh, I will say John and Liz seem to do a good job with Copley. He, he was pretty happy afterwards, although he was a bit much in the car. At one point, Liz thought he may have uh, had an accident in the car. That's true. But he did not confirm. <laughs> uh, w- yeah, w- what did Liz think? <laughs> was there wetness or what? So I'm driving. This is, I don't know, probably around 7 or 8 p.m. And there's a slight smell, and Liz goes, I, I think 
Copley may have pooped in the car. And I'm like, well, I mean, either he did or he didn't. And it's pretty easy to tell. And she goes, well, he's where he may have pooped, he's sitting on. So I can't tell. So I said, lift him up and check. And I think he just, I don't know, maybe had a fart or something. But it, it all was good. Yeah, I'm sure Copley had the fart. <laughs> well, later in the weekend, John also goes, uh, yeah, I think Copley just keeps farting. It's weird. I, yeah. <laughs> what a great cover. Um, but yeah, this weekend I'm really looking forward to getting... Uh, I think the big question, though, is which bar will we frequent? Will it be the Wobbly or will it be the Pickle Barrel? So we shall see, and we will report back. Rob, to you. Uh, all right, I've got a few updates since our last gathering. I had a top 10 ski day of my life over MLK weekend at Sunday River. It was uh, about two feet of snow. The minivan was pushing snow with its front bumper as we drove down the driveway. For some reason, the mountain wasn't crowded, so it was amazing. Um, In February, I went with the uh, Helm clan down to Key West for a week. That was fun. I still have two children, one dog, and a cat, and worms. No changes there. Uh, We're finalizing our move to Newton, so that's coming into focus. And uh, we are, yeah, we're going to do the move in early July. And um, Lee's finally sleeping through the night. Slept from 10 to 5 last night, so that's been a huge relief for everyone else in the family. And um, can you tell us what the move might mean? Can you tell us what the move might mean for our podcasting situation? Yeah, well, I haven't run this by Annie yet, so let's consider this to be the run by. But I think we could have a dedicated studio where we have all the equipment set up permanently. Will there be soundproofing on the walls? Most definitely. Uh, not bad. I like that. And. Um, How's the bird purchase coming along? I heard you might buy a a parrot or some sort. So, yeah, it wasn't going to be a parrot. I was going to do something like a little intro bird, like parakeets or uh, lovebirds are another good. If I'm feeling a little ambitious, cockatiels. Cockatiels or cockatoo. They're different. Uh, And one's more intensive than the other. Um, but I'm going to put that on hold for a little while. I've got to be buy an e-cargo bike and, uh, I mean, a new house. And I'm getting bees this. Uh, so I don't want to. Oh, you got Dr. Doolittle over here. I don't want to bite off too much right right now. So I'm going to hold off on the bird for now. How do you, how do you mesh a bird and, a, and being a cat guy? I'm not a cat guy. And I, I think that... Uh, I think the birds would stay in their cages, and we'd have to separate them from the cat. Hmm. Well, inter- interesting. Um, okay, good life updates, everybody. Um, yeah, we'll check back in on the new pod and see where we're at in a couple weeks. Um, so keep moving along here. Next thing we want to talk to you about, uh, it, we want to revisit a topic from our pre uh, last podcast where we started to talk about the tire situation and went through it pretty briefly. So it's a major change coming up for the 2019 season. So all the same compounds exist. Hypersoft, no. Supersoft. No, that's that's not. <laughs> Last year there were seven compounds and they each were assigned a color. So Hypersoft was always pink, Supersoft. Question. 
do all those compounds still exist? Answer, no. So there were seven compounds last year, all assigned a color, and for any race, there were three compounds that the FIA chose. I think it was the FIA. This year, there are five compounds. Three will be chosen for every race. The compounds are called C1, which is the hardest, through C5, which is the softest. So this is still fake news. You're misrepresenting what's happening here. Please correct what you think is incorrect. You're talking on a race-by-race -race basis, which I agree there's like five that go into it and then three for the actual race. But I'm saying you still have the whole um, spectrum of tires. You still have the, you have the, 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 uh, rain, the full rain, you have the semi-rain, and then you have the, I think, I don't... I forget the exact number, but the medi the hard, medium, soft, super soft, hyper soft. So I think that's still seven compounds that exist. Rob's counting on his hand right now. Hard, medium, soft, super soft. Hyper soft. No. There's, oh, ultra su soft. super soft. Yeah, wasn't there hypersoft and ultrasoft? You get my point, though. You're misrepresenting no, by saying no. only five. Okay, so I'm taking out the wets. All right, let's take those out. Hard, medium, soft, super soft, ultrasoft, hypersoft. That's six. Okay, so my question is, from last year, which one of those has been eliminated? It's not a one-to-one. -one. It's Even any year, it's not a one-to-one -one transmission, so you can't say one's gone. They just had six steps last year. And now they have five steps. I, there's no, there's no. Those steps don't change from one race to the other. I'm saying, on one race you might have ultra or hyper, whatever the the five softest, and then the next race you might have the five hardest. Is that not right? No, in any given race, in any given race weekend, which spans Thursday to Sunday, there are only three compounds brought, not five. So the five is for the season, and for any given four-day race weekend, three compounds are going to be available i still think this is fake news i mean i don't have enough That's back this up because you're also throwing out crazy numbers how do we get back to five i thought we just agreed on six six was last year five is this year and they're c1 through c5 now um so on any given race weekend three of the compounds will be available for australia i believe it is c3 four and five which are the three softest compounds. And <clears throat> regardless of what the C numbers are, during race weekend they will be referred to as hard, medium, and soft. And they will be colored white, uh, orange, white, and yellow, I believe. Oh, God. Uh, this is wild. So, so, so you've got... I think it's it's supposed to simplify matters for viewers because every weekend there's hard, medium, and soft. But on one race weekend, the hardest compound could be C3, like Australia. And then on a different race weekend, like Russia, C3 could be the softest compound. So uh, it's, I, don't, I don't know how it simplified anything, but uh, that's the new tire situation. Does anybody have any comments on yeah. this? <laughs> You know, thanks, Rob, for trying there. That was tough to get through. But <laughs> I guess I'm just, you know, who are they simplifying it for? You know, like, are, are they losing fans because the tire compounds are too complicated? 
I don't think so. I think they're going to lose fans because they, they're dumbing it down, whereas I think we have enjoyed the variation in the compounds and kind of guessing and knowing which ones are using for many race. So I, I just, this seems like a, a waste of time, and it's just compli- It's just confusing people more. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that anybody who's who cares about tires is is looking through the the superficial hard medium soft and looking at the sea level compound and so it's actually become more complicated than last year so you either care about tires and it's not too complicated it's interesting or you don't care about tires and there's no need to cater to those people at all okay one thought one thing i just thought about it i could see that during the race when they're saying oh this guy's switching to this compound hyper soft ultra soft whatever you kind of have to think which one is harder than the other and that and you know to get that that information out whereas if you're quickly talking the the announcers are describing who's switching what compound it's very obvious hard medium soft what the strategy is is going for so that's the only thing i could i could see in the middle the heat of the battle that may make it a little bit easier to know great point and it's very well taken that it's hard to know whether a hyper soft or an ultra soft is actually a softer. So what a lot of people have suggested, not original thought, is that the, the new five compounds be called very hard or ultra hard, hard, medium, soft, ultra soft, or super soft, or whatever, whatever, whatever term you want to use. So there are, there's very hard, there's hard, there's medium, there's soft, and there's very soft. And that would eliminate that confusion of heat in the battle while not making us know both what the sea level is and what the what it's going to be called that particular weekend yeah i think we gotta move off this any other final comments (laughs) i think that's a great suggestion rob although it's not an original thought (laughs) okay all right let's move along here tires they f1 you messed this up you you screwed the pooch uh okay so let's let's hand the mic to john here john i'd like to go into best case worst case scenario for and everyone to go through their own team so let's let's give it a go with, with red bull okay uh best case for red bull this year uh best case is they come in second place in the constructors and i think best case for an individual racing perspective I think Max wins I think Max could come in second overall uh, driver Um, I don't think I don't see Gasly doing too much to be honest he he seems a little bit uh, out of his comfort zone Max I think will have a breakout year and I think I could see him as high as two Uh, if that's dependent on something going wrong usually with Ferrari engine. You know, maybe they mess something up there and they have reliability issues, but we'll see. I think that's the absolute best long shot, of course. Worst case, uh, Honda engine has reliability issues and uh, they finish way out of the top two. Like They're, they're going to be the third team, worst case in my mind, but I hope it's close. Uh, I, they could have some problems. You know, Brand new uh, engine provider here. Or partnership, I should say. Uh, we could have some problems, and you know, uh, Gasly could be uh, bad. So uh, we'll see. That's best case, worst case for me. So I'll continue with Red Bull just before I move on to the new team. 
So I may be pulling a classic, just not getting my hopes up, but I think the absolute best case for Red Bull is, is third. I just don't see them getting past Mercedes or Ferrari or Ferrari this year. I think that's the long-term goal by going to Honda, um, but I don't think they've got the juice this year. Individual, I think Max can... I'm not going to say... I think probably third behind uh, Vettel and Hamilton. I think he can, he can best case, pass all the other Ferrari and Mercedes guys and obviously beat Gasly. Um, worst case is, is a little scary. I think worst case for the team is they have reliability and power issues with the Honda engine, and Renault is surprisingly good. Uh, good driver lineup, best-looking driver lineup. And I, I could see Renault sneaking into the third spot if um, Ferrari's having, or Red Bull's having a terrible year. And then, as a result of that, I could I could see, yeah, I could see both the guys slipping down the table if falling behind both Ferrari drivers, Leclerc and Vettel, falling behind Hamilton, obviously, and then maybe Danny Rick sneaking in there. So maybe even a fifth spot for Verstappen or, or lower. I think it. It's a pretty low bottom um, in the worst case scenario, so I, I kind of keep my hopes down because it's going to be a I think it's going to be a long year for, for for Red Bull. I hope not, but I think so. Yeah. So let's see Ferrari. I think um, best case would obviously be Sebastian Vettel, world champion. I think you see Leclerc always battling for a podium spot, and then them winning the constructors. I don't think that's out of the question. I think a big... I don't know so much about the reliability issues that, that John was accusing them of having. I think it was more of a um, strategy issue than anything else, and, I, and they've made a key change there um, and got rid of Maurizio Bene. So hopefully we see some improvement. Um, I think worst case is basically a repeat of what happened... Uh, this past year, but but worse because you don't have someone like Kimi that who had a really strong year. To be quite honest, I'm gonna miss him. But uh, Leclerc really can't, you know, Leclerc can't handle the far, the F1 car, the Ferrari car like uh, Kimi did. And then you've got Vettel, pretty much, you know, challenging for a bit, but really not even having a shot at the uh, World Championship by the end. Quick question for you, as our resident Ferrari Ferrari guy, what? do you think they need to do to get over this mid-year uh, hump they always seem to come across? They always start the year so strong and then everyone seems to develop better and faster than they do and they lose uh, I don't know whether it's the pressure cracking Vettel or the team pra- cracking under its own pressure but I'm curious your thoughts. Penny for your thoughts. Um... Yeah, I think it's a couple things. I think it's a bit of bad luck, but also a little bit of uh, to being too comfortable. So they come out hot, and they don't want to screw with that, so they don't make the the needed adjustments. And while the other teams keep on progressing and kind of fine tuning, and Mercedes just figures it out. So I think I think that's part of it. But I, I do think that you know I was pretty frustrated with Vettel last year, where he just made some poor racing mistakes. And and Hamilton didn't, and that was the real the real difference. I don't know if I can really blame strategy or blame the car. It was more of the driver in this in in the case last year, where you know I think there, that race I think it was Belgium where he just he spun out leading, and it was kind of downhill from there. So Germany. was it Germany? Yeah, sorry, Germany. 
where he spun out and he was I think he was going to win that race and so I think the pressure got to him there so hopefully he can figure that out get over that mental hurdle and maybe that'll be the key difference he is a true mental midget okay uh, McLaren so uh, best case scenario for McLaren I think that they steal a podium once or twice um, and take fourth place in the constructor championship um, I don't see them being a, a true threat to uh, the top two if for if Red Bull really struggled I mean maybe they could be third but I say a, a realistic best case is fourth I'd say worst case scenario is that they discover another big arrow issue like they did last year <laughs> and they uh, fall down to eighth or even ninth uh, place I think that Norris could really struggle and just like not make the leap to F1 um, and he could be quite far down um, uh, you know I don't really have a high best case scenario for him I think signs could could impress now that he's a de facto number one driver and he could finish in kind of like seventh or eighth overall in the drivers championship uh, but you know a lot of their changes the, the, getting the uh, McKee from Toro he didn't come in until March so he didn't develop a new car so I think that <clears throat> a lot of the changes and guys that they're bringing in are going to help in the future um, and I'm not sure that they will have made a big leap in 2019 so I think you answered my first question was uh, stealing a couple podiums you envisioned that as uh, Carlos Sainz Jr. yeah not Norris yes second question for McLaren don't you do you want them to clear house I feel like they got to get rid get rid of Zach Brown get rid of everyone that's part of that been part of the last three four years because I think they've had enough time they've proven that they suck and can't do it so I think that they have actually done that I mean most of their guys are gone they have reconstituted the team Zach Brown is still at the top I don't He's more of like a the business manager. They're bringing in this this guy who is heading the Porsche um, WEC program, which is very well renowned, and Andres Seidel or something like that. Um, and he's going to run the Formula One team, so he will be the new Eric Boullier. Um, and then James McKee is a very well regarded uh, technical guy, and he's going to head the new technical squad. So. Unless you're talking about, like, should we fire all of the engineers, I don't think you should do that. I think they have totally revamped the structure, and now they need to let it, give it a year to bake to see if they can get some improvement. You can't just always change. I think Zach Brown needs to go. He should have been gone a year ago. Why? What do you think he's done wrong? Uh, uh, what have they done right over the past four years? Well, <laughs> another head scratcher. I, I think I think he realized that the everyone agreed they were going to try that th that prior structure. It didn't work. You bring in new guys. If it if it doesn't work again, then you say okay, you failed twice to put together a team. But I think you have to give him another shot. Okay, I mean you're the McLaren guy, but I feel like he's he's they had they used to have the partnership where he would do biz the business and. Bouillet or whatever his name is. Bouillet uh, used to do the racing, I believe. And then I, I thought last year they fired Bouillet, and then uh, Zach Brown took over both, and they sucked. I mean, 
I don't think Zach Brown was ever making uh, pit wall decisions leading the F1 squad, but could be wrong. We can fact check that. Um, okay, so let's talk, broaden the conversation, talk a little bit more about 2019 predictions in general. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, no, I've got some, some research that I wanted to share with everybody. Uh, yes, yes. Um, so breaking news, the organizing body just voted to approve a special bonus point for the person who sets the fastest lap in each Grand Prix. You only get the bonus. Oh, championship standing point? Yeah. Yeah. What? And you only get that bonus point, though, if you're in the top 10. So you can't be racing for nothing and then spit for new for new uh, C5 tires and go do a glory run. It has to be people who are legitimately in the race. And, you know, I think it's 10th place is one point and 9th place is two points. So by getting a fastest lap, you could really you could really change your race. I absolutely hate that rule. It's a gimmick. It's not racing. It's dumb. It ain't right. It, it, it ain't right. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it, it is not right. And I think this is equivalent to like the NBA adding like a, a, a bonus five-point shot if you hit it from half court. Kind of. This is stupid. I, I can't believe it. I don't even want to watch the Australian Grand Prix live anymore. <laughs> okay, so uh, it's a gimmick just like the three-point line or the DH. So it actually nope. was it actually was in place for the first 10 years of Grand Prix and like well not the first 10 years but in the 50s and 60s this was a rule so they're just bringing back um, an existing rule. I also think that it will spice up it will give us give us another thing to look for and talk about. You know, you really have to be strategic about are you going to th- lose your place by going for a fastest lap you might spin out, you might have to pit. I mean, it's going to be exciting. I'm for it. Okay, I'm coming around to it. I think uh, <laughs> that was a quick turnaround. <laughs> I, I I'm just imagining there could be some really exciting end of races where you have these guys. Maybe you're saying kind of like in the the nine, ten, eight spot where they could double their points and just like ab- put on an absolute flyer. You know, catch another point. That's kind of cool. Um, or if you know the the big guys are battling and they really need every little point. Um, that could be awesome too. So potentially cool, still a gimmick. Let's see how it shakes out. No. So here's here's why it, it ain't right. The, so there's there's two scenarios that I'm seeing play out. One is the everyone's actually still jockeying for position, and they're they're going to be racing all out no matter what. So no real change there. We're just awarding an extra point out of nowhere. Or the other scenario is someone's actually driving by themselves and can and can pit and then come out and still be by themselves and set the fastest lap arbitrarily. And I think that, again, it's just a gimmick and it ain't right. So let's see how it plays out because those are two very different kind of scenarios on how, on how it works out and there's really no way to say who's going to be right. So let's give it a chance and uh, they don't have to do it in 2020 if it doesn't work. I don't mind it. I think it'll spice things up. It, it does remind me a little bit of what we do in our fantasy football league where we just change things for the heck of changing them. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how it shakes out. Are we good with that topic, Rob? That smacks off. a little bit of a bitter, bitter, some resentment towards fantasy football, but it won't move past that. <laughs> the other breaking news that I have for, for uh, <laughs> fans is that 
in the US, ESPN still has TV rights, and you might remember at the beginning of the 2018 season, they were just simulcasting Sky Sports, and in Australia, they were like cutting out of the Sky Sports feed mid-sentence sometimes to show us commercials. ESPN decided for the rest of the season, they would just do no commercials, and they got it sponsored by Mother's Polish. Oops. <laughs> I almost got off the highway the wrong way. Uh, <laughs> Where was I? Mother's Polish <laughs> sponsoring the Sky Sports. Good news. ESPN is, has reached the same agreement in 2019. The well, They will be using the Sky Sports simulcast and Mother's Polish sponsorship will ma- allow it to be broadcast commercial free. So no more commercials. 2019. Awesome. That is good. Snaps, snaps to ESPN for making the right crazy. choice. Yeah, everyone buy some Mother's Polish. Yeah, yeah go buy. This Polish. podcast is brought to you by Mother's Polish. You, you need a nice turtle wax on your car. <laughs> go out and buy some, you know? These turtle wax make, make, make yourself feel right. They get to compete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 look, you, you look good, you feel good. Um, You're not putting it on yourself. <laughs> Right, does anybody have a quick update on Buxton? Is he going to be involved in any Sky Sports uh, productions? Because I, I miss that guy. Uh, I have no update on Buxton, but I would like to, I would like to know um, quick readout. Have the uh, his what is he? What is his YouTube thing? Paddock, Paddock Pass. Pass. Have you watched it yet? I have. I'd like to get a little review. Uh, he has a he has one new one so far after the first week one of testing. Uh, great content as always. He's good. I, he works for Formula One. dot com, I think. So I don't think he'll be on the the broadcast, but he always does cover everything. His Twitter feed is great, um, and his his YouTube's are, are awesome. Uh, we love you, Will Buxton. Also, a little quick uh, promo for Buxton. He's featured prominently in the Netflix series. Oh, so yes. you have the interviews where Gunther is talking in his fun accent, and then it cuts to. Um, cuts to Buxton kind of breaking it down in layman's terms like here's the real deal of what they're actually saying you know read between the lines type of stuff um yeah that's great news I love I love Sky Sports oh, I, I wish I could get Sky Sports here in, just for all their their European sports but and uh come join us for a race watch potentially this year at the Banshee it's a great time Sunday mornings uh we'll, we'll promote that some more in a, in a little bit so uh, a lot of the British viewers have been slagging on the Sky Sports feed. Um, you know, I know we grew up watching the NBC Sports guys, and uh, RIP to them. I don't know what they're doing with their careers. Matchit and uh, Hobbs. And, but uh, the Sky Sports guys, I'm not sure, are great. I'm not sure that's a consensus opinion. Just wanted to add that. Wow. Hot take. Um, okay, well, let's get back to regular schedule program. Anybody else have any um, specific predictions or hot takes they want to make about the 2019 season before we get into everyone making their official? Let's go with top five in both drivers and and uh, and constructors. But Rob, yeah, let's go back to you. Yeah, um, if preseason testing is any indication, we're going to have be calling Pierre Gasly, Pierre Crashly. Good one. Uh, <laughs> he, he crashed he crashed out two of the four days he drove, so uh, that's a prediction. What's that warning indicator on your uh, dashboard there? Uh, it just says my tires are low, and that's because I didn't... 
when I swapped in my winter tires, I don't have the uh, tire pressure management system installed in those. So, <laughs> gotcha. So uh, one one thing that I'm keeping an eye out, I think Kubica could be the. Uh, so okay, don't blow up at me here, Rob. But I think he's going to play, could play the Fernando Alonso role last year, of, of last year. He's the really talented driver in the back of the back end of the race that's making things exciting, pushing people towards the end of races to kind of keep the whole field a little lively. Um, I hope that happens. I think the Williams car could be an absolute dumpster fire. They're 100% coming in last, in, in my opinion. I like that take. I think that um, I, I like having the old wily veteran on his last legs, kind of pushing the youngsters from behind. Um, not sure I'd put Kubica uh, anywhere near Alonso, um, but hey, maybe. Yeah, I think he's just still regaining. What is it? his his arm? Is what he had his issue was? He almost severed or almost lost an entire arm. Yeah. So let's see how that holds up throughout the entire <laughs> season. Um. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think, um, I'm trying to think, who, who is, who's his teammate? It's, um, Giovanni, Giovanazzi, whatever. Giovanazzi. So that could be a, that could be an interesting one, but yeah, I think I agree. Williams might be an absolute dumpster fire and maybe Kubica doesn't even compete. You want to, you want to lead us off with your, uh, let's go top five constructor and top five driver and, and give us a little explanation of, of why and why you're putting places. All right, so just gut feeling here. Top five constructor. Ooh, um, I'll go f- f- inverse order. So let's do let's do do, 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 do. McLaren, Renault, <laughs> Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari. Okay. Um. Might swap my five and four, but I'm going to lock that in. And then for drivers, I'm going to go Vettel, Lewis. So now I'm going the top to the to the worst. Vettel, Lewis, Max, Botas, Leclerc. Lock it in. Interesting putting Botas in the top five. Gutsy move. Um, Okay, so here's my my top five constructors. I'm going. I I think this is the year Ferrari pulls it off. You know, I'm 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 hoping Andrew. I think it's gonna we're gonna have a nice start to the year with Australia. You've definitely earned it. Um, I think they're gonna finally carry the momentum throughout the year. Two Mercedes. They're too strong. They're the second fastest car. They could be in first, obviously. Third Red Bull, classic spot. They're top three, but not good enough to catch the other two. Four. I'm going Renault. They're gonna. They're climbing up that rankings. I think Red Bulls should start to get worried about them sooner rather than later. And then five, my surprise pick, which I hope pans out, probably is gonna backfire on me. But I want Alfa Romeo in five. Maybe I'm swooning over Kimi. He's probably my one of my favorite drivers. Um, but yeah, I think that I think with a Ferrari engine, they've got enough power, um, and they showed enough promise at the end of last year that I'm I'm all in. And then for my drivers, I will go, oh, man. See, I have Ferrari winning, but I, I think Vettel could win the driver's championship and then Ferrari wins the constructors. But uh, I don't – I'm, I'm sticking 
Yeah, sorry, Hamilton. But I'm just going to stick with Vettel and Ferrari. So Vettel's the driver, uh, championship. Hamilton in second. Third, I'm going to go Leclerc. I think the Ferrari engine is, is good, powerful. Um, sorry, sorry. I, I jumped the gun here. <laughs> Three is Verstappen. Four is Leclerc. And five is Ricard- uh, Ricardo. Yeah, so there, there, lock it in. Um, all right, so let's do constructor. I think Ferrari will be one in constructor. Uh, you know, shot in the dark here. Just wishful thinking. Red Bull two, Mercedes three, uh, Renault four, Team America Haas five. Uh, they also have a Ferrari engine, so I, I think they'll get there. Now drivers, this is tough. I I'm gonna go. I'm going Lewis one. Sebastian Vettel uh, is um, mentally weak. Let's just say that. I don't think he can win anymore. He he had, he can't win outside of Red Bull. So Lewis one, Sebastian two, Max three, Danny Rick four. You heard it. Danny Rick four, and Gasly five. Thank you. Can, can, can you explain this? Who's the last year? I, I was saying that John is pretending that Ricardo is still a Red Bull driver, saying he's going to come in fourth. Not a chance. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's sad. We'll, we'll miss him. He's, he's still around. Uh, so, Rob, you're up. All right. So, uh, I'm going to – well, I guess there isn't consensus. With consensus, I agree. Ferrari won. I will agree with Charlie and Andrew of Mercedes, too. And also with you guys – Red Bull three until those wow. those three are spending more than anybody else and until something changes there that's how it's going to be. I think that uh, Alfa Romeo using Ferrari parts being Ferrari B with Kimi, I'm going to put them as a surprise four, and I would love to have McLaren as four or five, but I think Renault beats them out with a superior driver lineup, so I'm going to put Renault five. Um, Haas. I think that they actually have a good car, but I think their drivers are shit. Um, so on to the drivers. I'm going to do you know what others have said. Vettel, Hamilton, Verstappen in that order. Um, I think that Leclerc really drove well last year, and with a great car, he's going to be four. And I think... Ricardo, I think someone else said this is going to have a real renaissance, not an original thought, uh, come in five. So we have the same drivers, um, just slightly different constructor. Interesting, nobody has mentioned, I believe, last year's fifth place winner, Racing Point, Old Force India. No, no. The, uh, Racing Point came in seventh, and oh. I think they would have been uh, sixth even if they didn't have to give up their points. Uh, well, we can look into that. But I, it's interesting nobody put them in the top five when they're traditionally um, fighting Renault right there in most races. I think 2018, they took a real step back. If this, if we were talking about, you know, the coming out of the 2017 season, yeah, they looked very strong and very impressive. Hold on, I'm just switching lanes. I don't want to have an accident. Uh, but last year, I think they didn't have a good car and they didn't develop well, and I actually don't have have pretty low expectations for them this year they did talk about having the stroll money as a big infusion so maybe they'll surprise all of us 
but that's, that stroll money didn't really work for Williams last year. Well, I think Williams had a fundamental arrow issue caused by Patty Lowe, so hard to get around that. Wow, way to dump on the guy when he's down. Oh. Jesus. <laughs> any right. any final thoughts from the crew here? No, just you guys have you know you guys just all have identical picks, so that's cute. Um, I'm the only guy who goes out on a limb, so I'll hang my hat on that. Anybody, you could be wrong alone. Did anybody pick Mercedes to win? Or were we all Ferrari this year? Wow, this, that means Mercedes is going to win. Yeah, Damn it. Um, all right, great pod, episode 38, coming to a uh, podcast or audio station near you. Watch that Australian Grand Prix. If you're feeling up to it, watch it live. You can maybe watch with Andrew. All right, thanks for joining. Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom, vroom.